0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: On today's show, Ben Elwood and I continue our Deep Dive Director series as we look into David Lynch's The Straight Story. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I haven't had a drink in a lot of years, but now I'm going to have me a cold beer here on Big Squid. Thanks for joining me today as we hit the final stretch of movies in our deep dive director series on David Lynch. This one is a nice change of pace. I know some of you have been freaked out by some of his movies, so this is possibly one of the sweetest films I've seen in a long time. I'm not setting you up for a fall. I'm not saying it's really sweet and then you watch it and you're like... Why did that guy's head explode and turn into an onion that's full of flowers that need to eat human brains? Nothing like that. It's a very sweet story. It's a beautiful film. And, you know, with all the craziness going on in the world at this point in time, I feel like it was very much needed. To be honest, it felt really nice. So, as a heads up, this season is also coming to an end in the next month or so. And I'll take a little break like I have in the past to gear up for Season 6. And uh, what we'll probably do is uh, a little reshuffle on the podcast to keep everything fresh. Uh, I think we're not going to do a Deep Dive Directors series for Season 6. We just can't agree on who we would like to dig into. And all the suggestions from our Patreon uh, supporters have been great. But uh, look, to be honest, I think it muddled the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the way forward. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, we really want Wes Anderson. We really don't want Wes Anderson. And it's like, oh, that seemed like a good idea. But no, nah, well, maybe we'll just give it uh, a little rest for a season and that'll allow us to give some new ideas some breathing space. But uh, I reckon uh, Space Podacy will definitely be coming back for Season 6 and uh, and, uh, Parsi Amal and things like that, beautiful tales for the Disenchanted, and then we'll have some new things for you. Speaking of Patreon, everyone who signs up has an episode dedicated to them, and today's shout-out goes to Martin Nielsen, who listens to the podcast over in Denmark. That is so cool. It is honestly one of my favourite parts of producing Big Squid is knowing that there are people all over the world listening, like um, Sarah in the UK and uh, Isabel, Linda and Thea in the US. And I should have written down everyone (laughs) because I'm trying to remember them off the top of my head and I can't remember all of you, but there's so many of you and I love it. It's such a treat and it's so lovely that you take the time to... Listen to this little podcast here, all the way down under in Sydney. So, thank you so much. Anyway, this episode is all about Martin. So, I don't know when uh, you're listening to this. So, it's either Go morn or Go I think I've got that right. And I really appreciate you listening to this latest episode of Stor Blakesbrutti. Have I just done Danish a disservice, Martin. Let me know. (laughs) I'm sorry if I have just mangled your beautiful language. But thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, If you haven't seen the movie before, I hope it uh, inspires you to check it out. And if you have seen the movie, you already know how beautiful it is. So you'll enjoy Ben and I talking about it. Uh, I'll pop Back at the end of the podcast to let you kind of know what's going on for the rest of the week. But for now, it's time for us to catch up with Alvin Strait, a retired farmer and widower in his 70s who learns his estranged brother Lyle has suffered a stroke and may not recover. Alvin is determined to make things right with his brother, but unfortunately, he lives in another state. Alvin doesn't have a car. Or a driver's license So he makes the decision There's only one way to make it over there And that's to ride his old lawnmower And David Lynch's Sublime The Straight Story
0: This morning you fall And you can't get off the floor That's your hips, Alvin And you're going to have to use a walker now To get around No walker
2: I love a lightning storm. Me too, Dad. Uncle Lyle, I had a... a stroke. Rose, darling, I'm gonna go back on the road. And I, I've i gotta make this trip on my own. I've gotta go see Lyle. I know you understand. <laughs> Alvin, you're gonna get blown off the right off the road! That's what I'm afraid! Zion, Wisconsin? Well, why didn't you just take your car? I don't have a driver's license.
0: That's 60 more miles of hills. That's across the Mississippi.
2: I'm having a little engine trouble.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, I'd be happy to drive you the rest of the way to Mount Zion.
2: I still want to finish this the way I started. And this trip is a hard swallow i just hope i'm not too late you've got two brothers that haven't spoken in 10 years i want to make peace i want to sit with him look up at the stars like we used to do so long ago brothers and brothers
1: Fuck, I needed this movie.
2: Mm. I really
1: needed to watch this film Mm. and, goodness gracious, what a breath of fresh air. We are recording this after the debacle of (laughs) Doctor Whatever and the Multiverse of Metness, as I called it in my latest blog, and... uh, Wow. <laughs> Not just the movie, but
3: the uh, the aftermath of, you know, because I get addicted to kind of uh, yeah. reveling in, in shit like a pig. Yeah. Uh, and so spent many uh, weeks kind of reading all the reviews and stuff. And in the main, people are like, this is sick. Yeah. How scary is
1: it? And it's like, it's just, come on, dude. Well, <laughs> like, e- even boiling much. it down to just. Uh, Telling a simple story, like just mm. even boiling it down yeah. to its core. Mm. It was a complete and utter failure. Mm-hmm. And this film was the antidote to it. Yes. So we always start off with asking when was the first time you experienced this film. Yes, two,
3: but, na- two nights ago.
1: Yeah, same. Like my, it was Saturday <laughs> night. And I really feel like I watched it at exactly the right time. Yeah. Uh, I needed something that took its time. Uh Unraveled its story in all the correct beats. Yeah, informed me all the way through. Had a lovely message, mm. and treated its audience with respect. Yeah, for us to be able to work out that some things had happened. You do you know what I mean? Like specifically, totally. yeah, yeah, yeah. the moment I'm thinking of is when the hitchhiker. Hangs out. We'll talk about her later. Mm. Spends the night chatting to him, and he just clocks that she's pregnant, and yes. he doesn't he doesn't lead in with a question for us. Yep. He just starts talking in a way and giving advice, and then, mm. oh, she's pregnant, and he's mm. worked it out, mm. and it was marvelous.
3: Yeah, there's a there's a great uh, there's a great humanism in this movie, and yep. it's that thing. It's interesting because, you know, I think obviously Lynch is known for, you know, dark, nightmarish visions of horror. Yes. Uh, and then the great surprise for people that are just getting into him as an artist or as a human is to watch interviews with him and he's the sweetest man on earth. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this is the movie that really brings that side of him to the fore. Right. Like the great humanist and the, and the person who sees, you know, the, the true goldenness in people. Yeah. And these things come up, you know, obviously it comes up in Twin Peaks, you know, Laura is the one and all yeah. that kind of stuff.
1: The way he treats wild at heart's characters. Yeah,
3: absolutely. But you know, it's uh it, it was a very surreal experience to watch a David Lynch movie that had a lot of the tropes. Yes. But didn't descend into a horrific nightmare. <laughs> like I kept it, oh, right, And there were shots, like there are shots that are classical Lynch. I mean, when we open and there's that woman um getting some sun.
1: Oh, so I I literally had this down here of uh considering it is often referred to as a very different type of David Lynch movie. The opening scene in the town with the woman sunbathing yeah. felt to me like it could have been just down the road from Twin Peaks or even the uh same America as yeah. Blue Velvet. Like, it's... Like, him falling over is like Karma McLaughlin's dad having a stroke.
3: Bro, tell me that when the camera was pushing into that window... Yeah. ...that you weren't expecting some horrific monster made out of garbage to come around the corner and go... Bleh! Oh, yeah. Like, I, it, I felt that tension of like, oh, something yeah. really fucking awful is about to happen. Yeah, like, there's oh. poor
1: Alvin on the ground. But <laughs> if I look in the reflection, there's Bob going... Ah! Yeah, and, they, and you know, I mean all the tropes
3: like the the road yeah going by we even had a scene of drone you know with yep. the, with, with the wheat threshers yeah yeah so yeah. it's all still there all,
1: a lot of the audio mm. uh, motifs from previous films yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's
3: great so it was that thing of um you know it, it it was and it took me probably 20 30 minutes to kind of go no, no it's all it's all good like well, nothing nothing really awful's going to happen
1: well also in uh in a lesser movie, <laughs> mm. uh, and bad things would have happened to him along the way, like yeah. a, 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 like with the hitchhiker. You know, once again, we're skipping ahead, but once I was waiting for her to rob him, yeah, because that's what we're conditioned to expect from these types yes, of movies. Yes, yes. Or you're expecting, you know, the, the the people on push bikes to beat him up, or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the or next scene is him, him with a you know black black eye and he's <laughs> bleeding on his. Tr- Lawn doing six Ks an hour going... Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. No, but none of that happens. Yeah, it, it's yeah, just yeah. all these beautiful moments of mm. everyone he meets, he has a profound effect on them. Mm. And also, through his dialogue, we learn his story of how he has gotten to this point and what gives him the motivation to yeah. make this trek.
3: Yeah. And, and, you know, keeping with the themes of Lynch, you know, there is that kind of like... Uh, you know, there is a darkness... Yeah. that he's been through yeah. a profound darkness. I mean, yeah. that story that he tells in the bar is horrific. Oh yeah, uh, but you know, it seems to be that conscious kind of turning away from the shadow, right? And looking into the light without getting as explicit as it does in a lot of his other films. I would like I mean, I hope that you know how, what what is the story behind this movie. Like, what's the what's what was the choice? Well, we've got
1: some things in the squid bits. I didn't actually find much on why he made it. I think his producers just loved the story. Oh. I didn't know it was a biographical story yeah, yeah, to yeah. begin True with. Story. Um, so I just watched it and then found that out afterwards. I mean, is
3: there a more profound directorial <laughs> U-turn than this movie? I mean, this is... Well, to come off the back of... It's come between Lost, Lost Highway. Highway and Mulholland Drive. My God, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> a I, Disney movie about a nice man on a lawnmower.
1: Well, and everyone's just really sweet. Well, it's kind of like the Elephant Man without the bullying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he comes into contact with all these people and has this profound effect and moves on and yeah, continues yeah. living his journey. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and everyone, you know. It, well, anyway, it's um, uh, and also you know the 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 early motif of the stars in the sky, mm. and you're thinking, ah, oh, this is. Interesting And then that is, It just feels like an interesting thing That happens mm. early on mm. And then that pays off as well Which we'll get to yeah. later Also Just It doesn't skimp on the lynch humour mm. I laughed out loud Really hard And you know how Every episode of this podcast Is subtitled If you look online yeah. uh, This will be the subtitle of this And it was uh, When the woman asked What's the number for 911? <laughs> Such a funny line, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that sense of humor is still absolutely infused all the way through, absolutely,
3: it. as well as the um kind of understated Lynch acting, yes, you know, again, you know, why I was kind of a little bit on edge for the first 20 yeah. minutes because everyone's kind of got that disembodied
1: voice, yeah, not a
3: lot of expression,
1: yeah. When, when's uh, when's Alvin gonna have a headache <laughs> and then turn into some young buck who's <laughs> banging chicks all over in another town? When's that gonna happen? <laughs> It's not going to happen. Oh, I'm actually quite relieved. <laughs> um, this movie lets you know the right amount of information at the right time. So, Alvin, who's played by Richard Farnsworth, might have fallen over, but he also doesn't seem to be too fussed. That made me laugh, too, because mm-hmm. it's a loud thud. Yeah. And he's in there probably for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his mate comes down to berate him because he didn't turn up. <laughs> and then his daughter comes home, and everyone's kind of yelling at him, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, nah, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'll get up in a sec.
3: I wonder if that's like, are you finding the older you get, you're kind of. Dealing, like you know when I was younger I used to be insanely hypochondroidal. you know every m- freckle was a malignant mole and every headache was a brain tumor and all the rest uh, and then I find it ironic that the older I get you know hopefully I'm not close to death but you know I'm closer to death than I've ever been and yet when I when I when I encounter some kind of health issue I always think of this Joseph Campbell thing the great the great Joseph Campbell uh, and he talked about Obviously, he's much much older than both of us. But he was talking about when he, as he got older, he would, you know, he he connected so much with his kind of spiritual life or his mind or whatever that he could watch his body deteriorate with a kind of detached fascination, almost, right? Of you know, like oh, there's you know, almost like it's a car, like right. oh, there goes the radiator, yeah, and there goes the you know, there goes the brakes, and, yeah. Uh, and it's not to say there's not an emotional emotion wrapped up in it, but it, yeah, it, it's more detached than oh my god, like. Freaking out, freaking out. And I'm noticing as I get older, uh, you know, uh, uh, as you know very well, I've been going through some hectic health issues yes. lately. Yeah. Uh, and I know that had these things happened 10 years ago, I, you know, it wouldn't just be the physical dealing with it. There'd be so much mental turmoil and, yeah. and anxiety and meltdowns and stuff. Whereas, you know, I, I've I've been surprised by how easily I am able to just kind of go with it. Like, yeah. Oh, this is happening and that's okay. And Yeah.
1: You know. For the people listening, uh, Ben's uh, going to advanced hair. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> next time you see him, he's going to look like Fabio. And he'll he'll look great. He'll look great. That is the only physical deterioration
3: that I've got to fucking terms with.
1: You know, the uh, I, I, I kind of agree or relate, not agree, I kind of relate to what you're saying. Uh, what I'm finding is uh, I kind of have more of a responsibility to maintain the upkeep. Yes. So, like, I'm probably fitter at 49 than I was at 40, mm. and uh, it's 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 having a little bit more respect for who you are, and absolutely. and you know making sure. Of course, it's going to deteriorate, mm. but it doesn't have to fall apart immediately. Oh,
2: absolutely! Yeah, <laughs> you can I, you can I, slow down the process. I, oh, absolutely, of
3: it. like, yeah, I'm not saying like you know just atrophy and like yeah. you know revel in the fact that you're falling apart. Yeah, but when something. Does go. I, I don't know. Like that, and that's what I found with the with the part with Alvin falling over. Yeah, and just kind of lying there. It was kind of like, oh, well, this is this is the time that I. Fall over and I can't get up. Yeah, like I guess this is
1: this is just, the, the thing that's happening now. I'll just gather my strength. Yeah, or someone will come home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Rather
3: than, you know, I th- there's like with with physical deterioration or whatever, you know, there's the way of grace. Yeah, and then there's the way of you know kicking and screaming and yep. being a fucking
1: burden to everyone around you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
3: And you know, I would I would always prefer to be the person that's kind of like, well, this is oh, well, this, this is happening. Happen. Yeah,
1: I still have mild moments. It's uh, I, I guess. Um, I think I' have pulled a muscle somewhere close to the uh, collarbone shoulder, and there is a part of me that thinks, is that a is that something building up for a heart attack? Oh, but yeah. I only think about that at three in the morning when I wake up out of a cold, cold sleep. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. then and I lay there for a while. Because that's the best time to do it? <laughs> timing your heartbeats. It's great it's just, <laughs> I, I like a three am panic.
2: I
3: don't get those people because I, I I'm a big <laughs> time my heartbeat guy. right, Like a big one. Uh, and it's it's always I've got a great heartbeat. It's like one a mm. second, perfect. Yeah. Um, but I know people that wear those ridiculous heart monitors. Oh yeah. Constantly like ah like yeah. measuring like beeping if their pulse goes well, to seventy. I think, what are you
1: doing? I think the Apple. Uh, well, funnily, like a, it's insane. But also, those Apple watches have saved people. <laughs> have they? <laughs> yeah. Why Because yeah. they let you know oh something's going wrong. You go I better get to the hospital. You just nearly had a heart attack. Wow. You know, and you think about you know our. You know, fellow comedian Dill, he had a heart attack at thirty-seven. Just, did you not know that? No, no uh, it's not. It's not bad to talk about. It. He's talked about it. It only happened like about six weeks ago during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Felt a pain, wasn't really. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, no. So, um, and did he do shows after? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He went in like he, it wasn't like a heart attack that. Knocked him to the ground, and you know, like, but he was like, "God, I'm not feeling great. I don't. Oh, I better go and get this checked out." And they was, "Oh yeah, you've had a little heart attack," and they put a stent in, and he had, a stent. Yeah, and then he had some days off. He'd That's not a minor heart attack. That's fucking well, massive. but no, no. But I'm thinking, yeah. well, I'm thinking about you know a heart attack that wipes you out. Whoa, yeah.
3: I had my heart. I spent about fifteen hundred dollars two years ago to get my heart completely checked. Yeah. You know, you hear those stories. You hear, like, James Gandolfini dropped dead from a heart attack. It's like, you're a big boy. Did you never get your heart checked?
1: Oh, man. Oh, I know. What's going on, man? I know. That That's one of the reasons that that, that, that fucking cuts down the snack eating. When you know that, <laughs> like, you, you I figure Gandolfini never had a moment where he thought, I'm not going to have that extra slice <laughs> of pizza. And you know what I'd like to do is to be able to enjoy the odd piece of pizza yeah. for a little bit longer. For a bit longer. Yeah. Mm. Uh Alvin's wariness of doctors and his responses to their suggestions on how to live a healthier life fall on deaf ears. Yep. That early picture of Alvinism is a man who is prepared to let life play out whatever it has in plan for him. Uh, well, you, you can't help but just like Alvin really early on, oh, yeah. can you? Of course.
3: Of course. Again, it goes back into that thing of just going with the flow of things yeah, rather than kicking and screaming.
1: And such beautiful acting all in the eyes. Yeah. You know, the way he looks around, the way he responds to things. His eyes have different looks when he's listening, the the look in his eyes when he's looking at the stars, uh, the the storm, mm. you know, when he's sitting there, that beautiful shot. Oh, Probably beautiful. one of the great Lynch shots of the reflection of the water yes. pouring down the windows about yeah, 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 on yeah, yeah, his yeah. face and uh, he has a he
3: has a stoicism that is not kind of highlighted or even celebrated in their culture anymore especially Mm. this culture of you know perpetual victimhood and flailing around screaming about how much fucking suffering and pain you're in all the time oh yeah shut up you should get we're all fucking suffering shut up um but you know and that's not to diminish anyone's real suffering but my god the things people complain about are just like grow up um you know I, i would love to see you know a return to kind of a celebration of, you know, not kind of like, oh, I don't feel any emotion ever, but just kind of the embracing of, yeah, life is rough. And again, like there's the path of grace. Yeah. You know, I, I, trying to find a middle ground between our grandparents' generation that was like, yeah I know I watched my entire family get killed in the war. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the new
1: mode and, of like, uh, you know. I stubbed my toe. Yeah, yeah here's 19 yeah, posts yeah, on Instagram yeah, exactly. about him yeah, hey yeah, babe you're yeah. doing oh, babe. great you're so brave babe, oh, babe. your oh. toe's good babe you've got a great toe babe you'll be alright babe yeah yeah somewhere in the middle <laughs> would be nice you know what I mean <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, I totally agree I totally agree um I have many thoughts on this but oh so do I we could do yeah. a whole three hours just on yeah, that topic but I really love this movie and I don't want to <laughs> deteriorate into that kind of chat too much uh Funnily enough, uh, this movie has some classic story tropes as he has the call to adventure when he discovers his brother has had a stroke. Uh, We see him determined to visit uh, his brother on his terms, Mm. but it is interesting that we don't really know his motivation as to why until much later in the film. And uh, that was quite nice, wasn't it? It's just Mm. like, my brother's had a stroke. I'm going to visit him on my terms. Yes. And you just go, okay. Yeah. 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 And then as it plays out... You understand why, and it's not really until very like maybe like it's 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 interesting, and because he has these specific places that he stops, we'll kind of discuss it as it mm-hmm. goes along. But it's the way it just takes its time telling this story is mm-hmm. great. You, something I want to bring up is uh, Sissy Spacek as the daughter.
2: Mm.
1: Man, I reckon that is an. Amazing performance Mm. because in lesser hands, you're sitting there going, that's really cliched and that's really awkward. And also, I think the performance is quite brave because she's a big actor and she's a really successful actor. And she is playing someone who is obviously uh, dealing with their own issues and mentally not... uh, not lesser, but divergent. In- divergent, yes, and it's it's amazing, isn't
3: it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the the beauty of that performance, and and also the depiction of her when she, she's being talked about by her father is yes. you know it's that there's no there's nothing resembling pity or you know those really fucking cloying uh, condescending emotions that we sometimes bring to people who are different or divergent, right? Uh, it's it's never like I think he says you know people think that she's whatever stupid or less intelligent or whatever yeah. but really you know she's actually the smartest person in the room she yeah. you know and I I found that with um, autistic people that I know yeah you know the, the 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 easy way out for people who don't actually engage is to go oh they're different so yeah. you know whatever and it's like man you know talk to an autistic kid about. Dinosaurs or the universe or maths and you're like, Oh, you are like yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I once I once knew a kid who didn't speak until he was about four. Right. No words at all. And this freaked his parents out quite a bit. Yeah. Uh and that's fine. I can understand, you know, your kid getting to four and he's not speaking, it causes concern. Yeah. And then out of nowhere he was just sitting on the couch one day and you just started going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He got up to a thousand. Right. He'd never spoken. Right. And he got up to a thousand, and we're just sitting there like,
1: whoa. Right. And in the old days, you'd have him on a on a on a dunking thing in the water to see if he's possessed <laughs> by Satan. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But
3: it was like, I mean, and look, it's obvious. It's easier for me to say this because I'm not the parent, but I was like, dude, this is fucking cool. Like, yeah this could could be the one that figures out you know the equation of dark matter or something yeah. you know yeah
1: i've worked out what's on the other side of a black hole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've been there
3: yeah uh, and but his parents i uh, whatever again it's it's easy for me to say cuz i'm not the parent but they they were like not they, they 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 couldn't find it in themselves to celebrate that it became about like well he's not normal whatever normal means right you know and it was this thing of like instead of lamenting or mourning the things that you think that he should be able to do, why I, I I feel bad for you that you can't celebrate this incredible thing he can do. Yeah. And let's channel and foster that. Yeah. You know, it's um I watched a great documentary yesterday. Werner Herzog documentary from the seventies about it's called um, Handicap Future. Yeah. And it's about kids uh, born with gen- genetic abnormalities, a lot of thalidomide kids. So kids with no arms, kids with no legs, all that kind of stuff. And they he's interviewing one of the parents uh, of a kid who, I can't remember what his disability is, and she is clearly traumatised by the entire situation. She's talking about how she can't go out in public, people are staring, people are whispering, and there's this peaked level of oppressive emotion Yeah. where she is narrativizing this situation to the kid who is just sitting there and he like, you can just see he's like, he's trapped. Yeah. And it, it like, you want to weep for this kid, not because of his, the outcome of his physicality, because he's stuck in this situation where his caregiver is just reinforcing this. You are, you are broken. You are wrong. Right. You are embarrassing to go out in public with. Right. And just, Everything about his body language and the way he's looking, it's just like, you poor baby. Yeah. And then they cut to a mother who has two children with pretty much the exact same condition. And she's, you know, no. They get up in the morning, they clean their room, they do the dishes. We're not, you know, we're not living in this world of feeling sorry for ourselves. We will get on with life. And these kids are so happy. And so, you know, and obviously they will have huge struggles going forward in their life but just that kind of difference between you know uh the differences in approaches and the effects that they have is profound
1: yeah you know the, the maybe the parents with the kid who didn't talk for 4 years and by the way I've met some kids I I think they could take a fucking leaf out of book <laughs> but uh you know, uh, celebrate what makes them different and then uh, find ways to give them jumping-on points that will allow them to assimilate into everyday life. Totally. You know, just make sure that they're really good at sport and numbers. Totally. There you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, Show yeah. them how to kick a footy and then show them uh, and then let them – Know all the statistics of the nineteen eighty three grand final between Hawthorne and Essendon? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. That's and I think, and I think
3: society is getting better
1: at that. I think so too. Yeah. Absolutely, we, yeah. In in some places, in definitely, some places, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what's interesting about uh, Sissy Spacek's character Rose is that you know we see her play out, and then it's not until later when mm. her. When Alvin's talking about it with great pride as well, yeah. and then we realise that uh, she's uh, had one of her children die, she's had two other children taken away from her, and uh, in retrospect you understand the pain that she's gone through to get yeah, to this point. Yeah. And it's once again, it's not talking her down, it's not asking you to uh, have sympathy for her, but it's explaining how she is in this place and what her dad thinks of her. and And,
3: and, and I think the only thing that you have sympathy for in that moment is just the profound injustice of the situation. She didn't do anything. Yeah, she she didn't do anything. anything
1: anything. So, you know, something that I found really fascinating was that this is a movie, and we don't see this too often, where you see poor people depicted in a way that doesn't contain an overt message. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, normally, when you see a story where people are really poor, it's a story about rising from the ashes or up against a great injustice. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's how the poor are often depicted or it's seen as uh, this is why they're, you know, unable to get away from the drug scene or whatever. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is just really poor people yeah. living and they're fine. Like, like yeah. things could be better, but they have made their lives work. Yeah. And uh, there's a dignity. So the dignity
3: and there's not that kind of, like, air of, like, the noble savage kind of narrative of, no. like,
1: oh, look at these people. No. it was. I was trying to think of other movies where they just kind of depict poor people as, but it, but mm. giving, and really, the only one I could really come up with that kind of ticked this box was um, Charlie Bucket in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So good. Because, you know, he's the decent kid. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. <laughs> he's not perfect. Yeah. But...
3: I think that, did you ever see that movie, The Florida Project? No. So a lot of people were like, that's poverty porn. Right. I didn't watch it that way. I thought it was a very just fly on the wall yep. kind of depiction of a certain type of, you know, class and society. Right. You know, and there was not a lot of kind of like, Bll. right, or, you know, oh my God, how
1: heroic they are. Yeah. It's kind yep. of just like, yeah, here it is. This is what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh where are you up to in the wire? Uh I
3: <laughs> I was gonna plow on and then Better Course Saul got me on a breaking bad jag, so I did oh, the right. wire and I'm 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 three episodes from the end of breaking bad.
1: Oh yeah, but where are you up oh, to in sorry. the wire? Uh at the end of season one. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Season one. I've watched okay. all seasons. Yeah, all right. Uh I won't make a comment. Right. I was going to make a correlation, but uh, we'll leave it there. Thank you. Uh, Alvin putting his riding lawnmower at... By the way, fucking better call, Saul.
3: I haven't watched the new one. Oh, haven't you? No. Breaking Bad. It did Breaking Bad grabbed me again. i just been on that jag. Yeah, right. I'll get back.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it was like... Why are you saying it like I give a fuck? Like I'm up to date. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm projecting the
3: face of my dad onto you. Yeah, don't do that. I
1: don't even know my dad. That's disgusting. Um, Alvin Pudding is riding lawnmower and travel trailer together as the DIY version of Tony Stark making his armour in the yeah. cave. Uh, watching him drive through the city at that pace... Was for me adorable, yeah. funny, and frightening. Yeah. So, <laughs> which was the prevalent emotion for you? Because I kept <laughs> thinking, mate, you were going to get wiped out by something. Oh, absolutely!
3: That yeah, yeah, to- <laughs> yeah, 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 It was also that thing of just like the the.
1: I mean, there's it,
3: there's actually a shot that made me laugh out loud so hard. Yeah. The shot where it's like it's a beautiful one shot of the the lines of the road streaking by very slowly.
1: Oh yeah, like we it's pan- the it's the opposite to the opening <laughs> to Lost <laughs> yeah, Highway. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, and we pan up. He's on the lawnmower and then we pan up to the clouds and it's like classic transition shot. And you yeah. think when we pan back down, he's going to be on the other end of this giant road and he's like maybe three yeah, metres. Three metres, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It's a great shot and it's a it's a beautiful heart there's a lot in that, that yeah you know yeah it's uh, funny but it's not
1: making fun of him no uh, yeah. and it's just
3: the commitment to this long yeah. haul journey this is going to take a long fucking time
1: well you know the, the lawnmower breaking down <laughs> and he has to return to town and there's kind of three moments in a row that I, I think we can discuss first mm. up is I love the old women giving him attention on the bus yeah, they're, all, yeah. they're all a little bit like oh here's a real man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's totally oblivious to yeah, it yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh the old men watching him come back reminds me why I could never live in a small town. Mm. Like, the, the, you know, all thinking that he's crazy. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all, Everyone knowing your shit.
3: Oh, my God. Uh.
1: You know, that just.
3: Uh. The reason I can't hang out with my old high school friends, you know? Right. There's that part of you that's like, oh, whoever whoever I am now yeah. will just be overshadowed by the memory of who I was. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I don't think you can ever truly well, like, well, they grow haven't,
1: up. They haven't been with you for the complete growth. Of course, but it's the
3: same way Like a parent can never fully accept you as an adult.
1: Yeah. Never fully.
3: No. Because they always remember wiping shit off your fucking ass.
1: Yeah, there are moments where, (laughs) uh, like even now, my mum will give me advice on something and I want to say to her, uh, hey, that's very sweet. Do you know I'm 49? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not being rude, Mm. but do you know I'm 49? Yep. I am across this. It's it's stuff like, look, she's trying to be helpful, but she, she gives me all these COVID updates and things I should be across. And it's like, like, like I'm across this, like I'm not into COVID. Like I'm not sitting around going, no, COVID, what's that? Like I, like I was, I didn't want to get it. And then once I got it, I I did all the reading and I got all the literature sent to me and I was completely across it. Yeah. And, and then I like, you know, I'm trying to be sensible about this. Like, you know, I'm sensible and I'm 49 anyway. But sometimes you have to let a mum be a mum. mum. Uh, Yep. That is the biggest lesson about growing up. Sometimes you've got to let your parents be your parents.
3: Yes. uh, Approach your parents the way you would an improv class. Yes,
1: and. Yes, and. Absolutely. (laughs) And then sometimes when she's giving you advice, ask if you can do it like it's a Japanese cowboy movie. (laughs)
3: And never underestimate how effective it is to just pull the phone away from your ear and hold the phone at a short distance from your head while muttering to yourself before yep. bringing it back and going,
1: yeah, no, totally. Yep. yep. Uh, the other scene... <laughs> Welcome to therapy with Hello and Ben. Do you have mother issues? The, um, the other scene that made me laugh out loud because I just will always respect something like this because this is where like I would like to go in a later life, is shooting the lawnmower oh, it's when great, it's not right? working, just it's pulling great. out a shotgun and blowing the it away. The explosion is ridiculous. It's great. <laughs> like It's great. It's such a funny moment. <laughs> uh, when he buys the new lawnmower, we see he has contact with a character played by Everett McGill, Very Big nice. Ed Hurley from yeah, Twin that. Peaks. Uh, so this was the first moment where I saw that the innate goodness in Alvin appears to bring out some depth of character and goodness in the people that he meets. Mm. Uh, this is the first of such moments where this happens. What is it about Alvin that he elicits these types of reactions?
3: It's, there's something about people who are just very sure of themselves. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about this a bit off mic, but, you know, there's uh, there's people we know that they, you know, they do this performativity of knowing who they are. Yeah. Uh, and as I was saying to you off mic, you know, anyone that really knows who they are, there's no performativity involved, you know? Um, and I think there's something very reassuring about being around people who are just very content in their own skin. Yeah. Not if they're an awful person, but if they're, you know, if they're an innately decent human being. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I think we all mirror the energy of the people we're around. Yeah. If there's a dominant energy of goodness and, and decency and stuff, people are just drawn to that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, um, you know, he's quite clearly a man that has lived a life. He's made some mistakes. He's done his best to atone for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't apologize for the mistakes, but he doesn't make it.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much.
1: Excuses for them, uh, you know, and, and everyone doesn't really need to know his shit, you know. I don't know. And when he engages, it's it's it's
3: it's that genuine. En- it's it's not a transactional engagement. Mm. He's not looking for anything. It's just yep. the engagement, you know, in the moment yep. of with another human.
1: Yeah, uh, he gets a deal not because of any other reason other than the guy just knows that he's probably hasn't got a lot of money and will yeah. help him out. And, yeah. But he still charges him and he still pays because yeah. he's a man of honour. Uh, but again,
3: it would be condescending to not charge him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's of that generation. Yes, yeah. You no, know. you have
1: to charge him because...
3: As we see later when he even pays for the phone call. Phone call. call. You know, oh, I know. I love that. I will not, you know, I'm not a charity case. Yeah, yeah. That was something my grandpa was big on. And again, it goes back to the thing we were saying about the older generation, you know. That's one of the great kind of... Uh, the great things about that stoicism, that the don't pity me. Yeah, you know, yeah. it can go too far, but <laughs> yeah, you know, like that kind of standing on your own two feet.
1: It's funny the, uh, what you said about people who say who they are and uh, there was a, there's a great NBA basketballer called Kevin Durant who is like one of the all-time greats mm. and he is sublime mm. and, but he's very techy and he's on social media a lot like a lot of those athletes are and there's, there was a great moment where he's coming back in the playoffs and... Uh, they asked him how he thought he was going to play and they were, all the journalists were asking pretty dumb questions. And he just said, you all know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. And it was like such a fucking great line. But also at the time I was thinking, I reckon you're still working out who Kevin Durant is. 100%. Uh, 100%. I feel like I've seen that play out. That's not a that's not a dig at him. No. But, but that's, that was just, you know, because he's a guy in his early 30s. And it yeah, was like, yeah. even though he's a millionaire who's a sublime basketball player, as an older person you kind of watched it and went oh yeah i see what's happening there totally
3: i mean i think that that was the most profound thing that came out of that last dance jordan doco mm. you know i didn't know a lot about jordan but you know you're watching it going like oh you are riddled with self doubt
1: that's yep. cr- that's crazy yeah yeah you know all it's... these things that we think we should be <laughs> yeah and you yeah, no i really hey, you're did... a, you're an insane asshole that you kept making up all these excuses to be able to play better yeah 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 yeah, yeah no it's i've i've always i've always
3: um noticed that in people you know the, the the true. I mean, I don't even believe in the oh, alpha delta bullshit. But whatever. Like if you if you are going into that that realm of language, you know, no alpha announces themselves when they walk into yeah. a room. Hello, <laughs> like, an that, alpha.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> I'm in charge. Yeah, no. Okay. I mean, no. that was that was the great thing that frustrated me the most about the Trump thing. Yeah. It was you know oh all the, all the media pundits. Oh, he. I mean, he truly is an alpha.
1: What? No, he's not. No, Alpha,
3: I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm no. the smartest, I'm the richest. That's yeah. like if you want to go by the, the 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 Greek alphabet metric, that's deltoid behavior.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now an alpha just walks in and in the middle of talking to you, flops out his cock and pisses in the corner of the room <laughs> and you go, Jesus, alright. Um, hope you're gonna clean that up. No, you're leaving. Well, I better clean that up. Hello, Gamma. <laughs> Back on the road, Alvin has a hitchhiker stay the night with him. We've kind of talked about this. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah We've but uh, once again, we don't need to get into that part because we've already um, jumped into it. But I love how understated the scene is. And what this film does great, like just so well, is through dialogue reveals character. Mm. And it was here that we learned that Alvin... Uh, at one point had a wife. Mm. She had 14 children, seven made it mm. and she died back in the early eighties. And uh, this is also where we learn that the children were taken away from Rose and it all comes mm-hmm. from him looking at her realizing that she's pregnant and maybe is estranged from her family for the, for incorrect reasons, which yes. will also play out as we go further yes, along. Yes, 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 absolutely. But uh, what a, what a beautiful scene. Yeah. And the, the, once again You know <laughs> When it got to the morning And he wakes up I'm like She's stolen his lawnmower <laughs> yeah, And yeah. he gets up And she's listening to what he said And she's left a bundle of sticks With yep. her Wrapped up And you go Oh It was beautiful And a relief <laughs> <laughs>
3: And so much more effective Than if they'd had the scene Where she's like You know what Pops I was thinking about what you said Oh You're yeah
1: right. Yeah We don't need that no, We get no, it no. She left a fucking bundle of sticks mate Perfect Fucking hell <laughs> Doctor Strange, you piece of shit. <laughs> uh, two more interesting interactions. The bike riders that Alvin hangs with at night and discussing getting old. The worst part of being old is remembering mm. when you was young. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's the uh, correct language that he uses. Um, it's an interesting comment, isn't it? Yeah, it's something I'm relating to more and more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, see, I, to, to me, it's. Um, I, I think it's a good lesson uh, for now. I think it's a good lesson for... 19, I think it's a good lesson for 13 if you can get your head around it. But the lesson is it's important to be aware in the present because the present is constantly moving forward. Totally. So just be here, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you spend so much of your youth wishing to be older, you know, and then so much of your old, <laughs> older age wishing you were back there.
1: No, I don't. I, I'm wrapped where I am right at the moment. That's I good. fucking I always wanted to be... Uh, a guy living in a big city doing shit.
3: Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah, no, like don't get me wrong. I'm very happy to be the age that... like I, You couldn't pay me a million dollars to be in my 20s again. What a fucking mm, nightmare. Mm. But I, I guess I related that line in the sense of like, you know, I think what I'm starting to wrestle with a bit now is just that vitality that is there when you're young mm, and yeah. how it was p- potentially... Fritted away that that just that cliche thing of you know that youth is wasted on the young yeah you just don't know you think yeah. you are going to have that kind of like well, I'm, I'm 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 starting to notice my brain slowing down right big right. time yeah big time like yep. I can't hold on to stuff like I used to yeah I'm not saying like Ooh I'm feeling I got dementia or anything. no 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 I can just feel you, myself slowing down yeah
1: you just draw a blank on someone's yep. name like uh so I had this this is a really strange thing to admit mm. but for decades. I could never remember Laura Dern's name, and I had to. I had to train myself to remember. Like I know who Laura Dern is, yeah. and I really like her work. And like yeah. for some reason, I'd see a photo of her, or I'd be talking about one of these movies, and I'd be like, Ah, yeah. what's her name? So you know, you have to train her yeah, And yeah, now yeah. I can't remember what's her name's name. So <laughs> squeeze someone else's name out. You know her, but um, yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's the, um, it's the energy that's
3: the, and also just the, that kind of like there's multiple. Uh, branches of reality that lie in front of you. Yeah. You know, whereas I just think it's... As you get older, reality starts to concretize around you. Yeah. Choices that you make start to have long-term consequence or benefit yeah. or whatever, whatever yeah. whatever word you want to use. But I think it's that. I think it's just thinking back, you know, it's just that thing. You look back and, you know, I look back on when I was 25 and it's like, why are you so fucking angry? Right, <laughs> like, right. I got, a, I got a message from Nikki's Sun um, halfway through the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and he's just going, man. Everything's complete shit show. I can't believe we spent our fucking mid twenties just ranting about how fucked everything yeah, was. I know. And it's like, no, it was really good. Yeah, what were we doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, should have been having a good time because now everything's shit. Uh, the other person that is hilarious is the woman who hits the deer and freaks out because it's the thirteenth deer mm. she has hit in seven weeks. And I love deer. Oh, man. (laughs) Like the ugliest character in the movie. I love that scene so much because she carries on like a fucking pork chop. Mm. She bangs on about how much she loves deer. Mm. And what does she do? gets in a car and drives off of and course. just leaves the deer in the middle yeah, of the road, yeah, doesn't even talk to Alvin, doesn't <laughs> wait to hear what Alvin has to say. Yeah. I reckon that woman has a pretty full-on Facebook account <laughs> if she's still around. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, once again, a real statement on Alvin. He takes the deer, he cooks it, yeah. and then he mounts the antlers as yep. a tribute on yep. his... Uh, like. Like it turns out, he loves deer more than her, and he to the yeah. extent that he even feels awkward while those deer statue are watching him eat the deer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. But yeah, no, he he makes the death uh, mean something. Yeah, it's not just a
1: you know. I got a lot
3: of respect for people that eat roadkill. Yeah, yeah, I really do.
1: Yeah, roadkill parmesan. Mm. Yeah, like I like if I yeah I I genuinely do as well. I'd
3: probably be too scared. Like we, me and my buddy are going camping in a couple of weeks. Right. And the and the place we go to is like it's six hours out, and the it, 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 there's a confronting amount of roadkill. Yeah, like confronting. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd have the courage to just go, chuck that in the back of the, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. not, not because I'd fear cutting
1: it up or anything. I'd just fear disease or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know no, no, I mean? no. like No, it's a fear of meat. It's not <laughs> yeah. a fear of yeah, yeah. roadkill. Yeah. Uh, when Alvin's lawnmower has uh, transmission issues and nearly crashes, he's looked after by some people who were watching firemen practice putting out a fire. What a shot. Great scene, and I—I I don't know about you, but I didn't like these people when we first saw them. You know, being smart asses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very really bougie. Them. Yeah, and then, uh, and then once again, they meet Alvin, uh, especially Danny, you know, the guy who owns the house that Alvin puts his trailer in. Yeah. Um, he becomes one of my favourite people in in the in the movie, and it's uh, you know because he has all these great interactions with mm. Alvin. Uh, he won't he asks if he can use the phone, won't come inside to use it, yeah. leaves money as you already said mm. for the call, yeah. and you know uh, he offers to drive him there. You know, like yeah, yeah, and, yeah, that's right. And Alvin's like, no, I've got to do this my way, mm-hmm. and. His respect for Alvin makes you, re- you know, gets up in the morning. Just they don't even say goodbye, but he's just looking out the window, making sure he gets off okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all really beautiful. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a great, great, yeah. The, great respect, time. To, the yeah. respect
3: to the uh, respect to abide by Alvin's wishes, even though he fears that something could go wrong, yeah. You know, not condescending to him, and come on, man, you need to think about this,
1: yeah. And you know, or like even a- around that scene is the um. You know, before he takes off, it's the bickering uh, twins who fix his mm. lawnmower. Uh, he, he gives them advice uh, to take note of their own issues. Mm. But what I also love is he gets some money off his lawnmowers. He's happy to <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, them yeah, down, yeah, 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 yeah. talk a deal by pointing out what they're fucking doing. Yeah. But also that scene is a masterclass in writing because in that conversation you learn more about his relationship with his brother that he's on his way to see. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, you know, hes it, it, it's all from experience yeah. that he gets himself a little deal, teaches them a lesson. Yeah. You know, the uh, what, um, Danny's standing there just kind of admiring the <laughs> way he does it because you know that Danny's fucking dealing with those dumbass <laughs> mechanics yeah, yeah, all yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, um, And uh, also all around this time as well is uh, and you mentioned it briefly is he goes into town with Verlin the mm. elderly war veteran mm. and uh, they exchange war stories and the, the bit that really kind of stuck out to me was the the idea of the time stolen from his buddies who died which becomes more pronounced with his own age mm. and you you realize oh god he's lived a life he's had his demons with alcohol mm. Mm. you know he's a he's a rich character
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: once again we just get it at intermittent points yeah. so yeah, it would be very easy to say oh, like even the way this movie is described by people who like it fail to kind of get across the idea that there's something happening in every scene it's as,
3: it's, it's it's as much of an immersive experience as any of other Lynch's movies yeah. like it's really not the narrative you know it's it's you're not this is not like a narrative the, the, the it's it's secondary yeah cool yeah. He's driving to see like who cares it's it's, yeah. it's it's these it's these it's these sequences and these just marinating with these characters i mean that sequence at the bar is beautiful and yeah. the acting is you know when they both start crying it's really You know, it's that confronting thing of seeing old men of a certain Uh, generation cry. It's the worst.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's really confronting because you know that they're not conditioned (laughs) to let it kind of out. Absolutely. But once again, an an understated scene. There's no bombast to it. There's no. Yeah. You're all right, mate. You know, there's nothing that takes the edge off it. it. It just plays out. It's um, I remember when doing uh shows. A long time ago, uh, my director at the time, Paul Horan, said that the the best way to get across an emotional beat on stage is to say it really flat Mm. and let the audience project the emotion onto it rather than trying to wring the emotion out of them. And it's something that has stuck with me for a a long time. Mm, mm. If anyone saw Tom Gleason's show Joy, that had uh, a moment at the end that was Quite emotional, and you know, you wouldn't think about mm. that from that redheaded smartass. But, um, but you former know, former redheaded, oh smartass. yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, yeah, former ginger, former ginger ninja Tom Gleason. Uh. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was this story that uh, played out, and then at the end, he just said it very flat and very straightforward, almost like as but but but. And if you were paying close attention, mm. it was like, holy shit, this has been building. To this moment, I never saw it coming. Yeah. I think it was his best show, personally. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I like about this scene. It is mm. they're sharing stories. No one's asking for any sympathy. No one's yeah. asking for any uh, absolution from their guilt. Mm. But we learn more about them, both men, in yeah. that point. It's interesting that the the guy from the town kind of like they recognize something in each other. It's like, hey, we should spend some time together because I don't have someone who can talk about this stuff and neither And someone who
3: won't just kind of do the performativity of it's okay or all those things. Yeah. You know, again, it's that stoicism that I really respect of like, you know, whenever people, occasionally you'll talk to someone who's like, oh, my friend's going through a terrible time or someone Mm. died or whatever, and I, I don't know what to say. It's like, well... (laughs) <laughs> don't, have to say any, like, stop. Yeah. don't make it about you It's yeah. not about what you need to say There yeah. is nothing you can say Yeah, just listen Just listen, cr- just listen yeah. And if you have to say anything The best thing to say is That fucking sucks Yeah that I'm sorry really that you're going sucks. through that. And can you, can, is yeah. there anything I can do? Probably not. Yeah. But if there is, yeah. you know, if you just need to call and rant and rave, yeah. call me and rant and rave. Yeah. But this idea that we can, you know, fix things with word or sentiment is is Mate.
1: beyond the pale. It's one of the greatest things about getting older is realising that you don't have the skills to fix things. Yeah. and it's um, or, or there's situations that you can't fix things. And then
3: ironically, through not trying to fix it, you temporarily fix it. Yeah. You know, yeah. for the, for, the, for those moments, yeah, there is a relief and there is a breaking of the tension and all yeah. that. Um, no, so I really enjoyed that that they're not trying to like, hey, I know you shot, accidentally shot this guy and you've been yeah. living with guilt for fifty years, yeah. but don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be fine. Yeah. You'll meet your brother and you'll yeah, be healed.
1: Yeah, you'll get a new lawnmower and uh, <laughs> you'll be you'll be doing burnouts very soon. Uh. Uh, when Alvin sets up the night in the, at the cemetery, it's perfect that the Catholic priest comes and sits with him. Here, the guilt of the falling out with the brother comes to the fore, and Alvin, in his own way, makes his confession that he just wants to make peace with the brother that he had a falling out with 10 years before. I love that we don't know what the falling out was. Mm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And once again, we get to project what it could have been.
3: Well, again, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... Neither of them probably even remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like the build-up. Yeah, it
1: was a build-up for ages, and then yeah. suddenly it was like, "Why didn't you do the dishes?" Bang. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah
3: we're yeah. done. I've got a friend. Uh, you know, he's he's passed on now, uh, and it's you know a great fucking regret that we never hashed it out before he died. Right. Uh, and I found out subsequently after he died that he really regretted the falling out. Right. And there was that part of me that was really angry. At him just going, you dumb fuck. Like, we could have just, you know what I mean? I'd forgotten what the fight was about, right? You know, if we just had that moment of like, hey man, like it would have yeah. been like we would have just, yeah, that was insane. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we had a terrible falling out and we were like brothers, and uh, and I don't even know what it, I don't know. I know, yeah. I know that at the time I was furious and yeah, fuck him, and he was very much, fuck him, if he was still alive. I don't think he could even articulate what that was all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It was yeah. like, whatever. We were both having a dark day and we...
1: Yeah, took shook it out and, on each other. Yeah,
3: and then it just escalated from there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think these long-term fallings out, you know... Who the fuck knows?
1: I kind of have more... Uh, you know, there's there's been a couple of times this year where I've had some friends drive me to levels of insanity and... Yeah. Uh, what I just do is disconnect for a little mm-hmm. bit, for both our sakes. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm just disconnecting with this. Yes, uh, the and then there's some people whose um, behaviour over time kept repeating, and that's the, a different thing. They're yeah. the people, but it's not nothing major. Mm. But it's all just uh, like a, uh, a level of disrespect that just keeps coming your way in, in in these tiny little waves, and then they're the people that I go. We don't need to do this anymore, and I just try to segue out of those friendships. So then if I see them, it's quite nice, but I'm also fine.
3: Yeah, you're not harrowed and exhausted. Death by a thousand paper cuts, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence why I have three friends. (laughs) Now, that's good, and even that's too many. As my grandma said, if you go through (laughs) your life
3: with one great friend, you're one of the luckiest people on earth. All
1: right, well, I have three pretty good ones. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I had um, I had uh, Alexei Toliopoulos uh, call me to see if I wanted to go to the movies the other night. It was a last minute thing, and it was such a nice uh, uh, gesture. Yeah. Uh, but I had stuff to do, and I was furious. And I thought, fucker, because I, I did make me want to go to the movies with him, but mm. I had stuff that I needed to mm. do. And I thought, I'm, now I'm going to have to cut him off in case he ever does something delightful like this again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: preemptive breakup <laughs> preemptive breakup.
1: what did he do he was delightful it's fucking annoying
3: <laughs> what movie did he want to see out of curiosity uh,
1: after yang okay yeah, yeah and i was I, I did actually want to see that but um uh yeah i have to I have to go to melbourne this week oh really yeah gigs uh, no uh, for oh, rob hunter and kate johnson's wedding that's right so yeah so i've just got a bit of stuff to do and it's so funny. I used to do so much travel, and now it's like, mm. all right, I have to prepare for this. I've got to get on an aeroplane. <laughs> an aeroplane. I've got a new laptop. What do I take with me? Oh, yeah. Uh, his next stop is in a bar where he asks for directions to his brother's home and has his first drink in years. It's telling mm. that these two scenes happen back to back. He has his confession, and now he requires a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. little pick-me-up. yeah. Interesting scene. Yeah. And also, what does he have? He has like a Miller Lite. Yeah, Miller Lite. Yeah. What does a Miller Lite taste like? <laughs> like, <laughs> like shit, Alvin. <laughs> he's really into it. It's quite crisp. Such a funny scene because he's like, um, that was the most David Lynch moment for me. Yeah. Like, you know, like if if you remade this film with David Lynch uh, on the lawnmower, that yeah. that felt like the most David Lynch. Let me have one of these Miller Lights that I've been hearing so much about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Man, the fucking ending.
2: All right. Wait, wait, before that, can you just mm.
1: clarify something
3: for me? This, oh, I, yeah. I, I didn't get this. Mm. Where, his, where his tractor, his lawnmower breaks down just before he arrives at the brother's house. Yeah. Sputters out. Yeah. Why does the tractor that comes along suddenly bring it back to life?
1: Well, I think he... Uh, so, so one of the things I love about this movie is that there's scenes shot from a distance, yeah. but the audio is... Also at a distance. Yeah, muffled. Um, so, I don't know if it's muffled. I think it's just at a distance. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, sorry not to yeah. be pedantic, no, right. but um, uh, it's not like he suddenly goes tenant. Um, <laughs> but the uh, I think the the guy gives him advice on what to do. He says, oh, I think you just need to do this and this. And he goes, and it ah, right, works. And right, then he right, right, right. asks for advice. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there was a moment when it, when it sputters out. At that point, it's like, oh no, is he now going to walk the last three? That's kilometers? what I thought. Yeah, I, I I'll like, forget with
3: the double canes and we hobble oh, down the road. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: didn't you feel a level of dread? Yeah, so when yeah, it kicked yeah. back in, I was like, phew, yeah. all right, this is uh, this is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love those scenes that are shot from a distance yeah. that you just kind of hear. It's like you're eavesdropping, It also makes you feel. You know, it makes you feel like you're back in your own suburbs, like when Mm. you were growing up and people used to talk out the front.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, So, the ending. Mm. Goodness gracious. Alvin finally arrives at Lyle's home. He lives in a house that is dilapidated, and when he finally makes his way out, he is using his own Zimmer frame. Uh, Mate. How back for you when it was Harry, Harry Dean Stanton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I just knew. <laughs> yeah, so did I. But it was I, but, so weird. But I I didn't know. No, but, but I just knew it would be Harry Dean Stanton. Well, I, and and weirdly, I didn't think about I, I didn't think about Lyle for the whole movie. Like yeah. I was just, oh, he's going to meet Lyle, and yeah. then we, we learn more about Lyle, yeah. and, and then and then it was like just before he when he gets there, and he's calling out. It's like this is going to be Harry Dean yeah. Stanton. When he walked out, it's like yes, <laughs> yes, of course it's Harry Dean <laughs> yeah, Stanton. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was so good. Um, you know, we, we finally learned, like, the, the looking up at the night sky and mm. the stars was this beautiful motif that takes place throughout the film and then you get to the end mm. and you realise it's because that's what they used to do as kids yep. and they, they used to dream together. Yep. And, uh, yep. um, fuck, when the two old brothers are sitting out on the veranda and Lyle tearfully looks at the lawnmower contraption mm. and says to Alvin hey, did you ride that just to see him? And Alvin just responds, I did, Lyle. Oh, <laughs> and then the, it's fucking too much. Yep. And then <laughs> once again, this is why this movie's fucking perfect. They don't say anything else. They don't need to. Don't need to. They, they don't need to. You know yeah. what they do? They look up at the night sky and yep. they do what they always used to do as kids. Yep. It's, it's like, yep. it's a perfect ending.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's that great kind of, <laughs> you know, like... It's a trope of masculinity that, whether it's true or not, I tend to not lean into this type of masculinity, but whatever. There's that trope of like, you know, don't need to talk about it. Right. Don't need to, you know. Right. And then you see it depicted in that way, and it's like the most beautiful depiction of it.
1: Well, it was it's not it's, about.
3: It's, it's Yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah. Them, it's not them holding anything back. No. It's not them stiff upper-lipping it and pretending that there's not this weight of history and all the rest. Yeah. It's just articulated in the most bare bones way. Yeah, you drove that thing all the way here. Yeah, everything that that means. Yeah, and then nothing more need be said about it. Yeah, everything. Very beautiful,
1: and it also makes sense because early on, you know, when uh, Danny offers to give him the lift, he's like, "I have to do it this way. Yep. Like, I have to do it this way. Yep. This has to be my effort." Yeah. Well, that's when it
3: makes sense. It, that that's yep. when that you know. I mean it made sense when he says it in the moment, but it's only right at the end where you're like, oh, oh that's yeah. this yeah. is
1: you know. He's gotta see that I've gone to this yeah. to understand yeah. how I feel about him and how I wanna fix things. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Like what a great film. It's a great film. Uh um, great film. It, I actually can't wait to watch it again. Yes. Yes. Now well, that I know the whole kind of shape of it. So I'm going back to uh Adelaide for, like, I've got gigs, but I'm also going back to... Uh, I'm mainly going back for Mum's birthday. Nice. And so, uh, we'll watch some films. So, I've been uh, holding back uh, Worst Person in the World and Drive My Car and things like that, that she would have missed, but I'm definitely going to take, take this, this. along. Yes, yes, yes. And just go, ah, oh, here's a little palate cleanser mm, for you that mm. you'll think, do I want to watch this? And at the end, you'll be like, when can we watch it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just, I, I honestly... Just thought this was a perfect film.
3: It's a perfect film, and it, it, it had that thing that a lot of uh, I've talked about before that a lot of late nineties, early two thousands films are having on me. That nostalgia for just like a sl- like just like slower, yeah. slower, less insane time. You like just pre take your digital, pre pre iPhone, yeah, pre ubiquitous internet. Let's yeah. just fucking slow the fuck down. People. people
1: with real faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People actually
3: engaging. I was yeah. in a comedy night last night, and there was eleven comics on, it was stacked. Yeah and i was sitting on the couch at one point and i looked up and everyone was just staring at their phone and it was one of the most yeah. dystopian depressing tableaus yeah. i've ever seen in my
1: life yeah I mean, and i
3: and i said it audibly and everyone was like yeah whatever it's fine, it's, like, it's not though, yeah, it's not, uh, it's
1: yeah. You, like, you know, some of the funniest lines that comedians come up with is when you're hanging out and talking shit, and someone yeah. says blah 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 off the back of your routine, yeah. and you go, Oh, hey, do you mind if I use it? Nah, go for it,
3: dude. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I
1: remember, absolutely, I used to do a routine about uh, walking into a spider web in the country and how thick it was, and like trying to push through it, and, and then uh, looking to my left, and there was a dead goat hanging in the web and then when I looked to the right the spider that was so big like it was massive I could smell bourbon on its breath and I said it had tattoos and Adam Richard saw it and he said uh, yeah it had had little humans homes on each of its elbows and I was like oh that's such a specific joke that he could he can't use that you know so I was like oh yeah can do you mind if I use that and, you know, and vice versa, you know, of you're course. always saying things. Hey, have you thought about saying this bit in here? Yeah, the community that, aspect of that, it all. That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't really happen no, anymore. I, I, w- I went, went to dinner at a friend's place the other night and uh, at one stage uh, both of them were on their phones. What? And, uh, and I was like, you guys should talk rather than texting each other and they laughed and then we, anyway, that was it. <laughs> what a beautiful film. I've got some squid bits for you. Right. Uh the real Alvin Strait took his trip in 1994 and the journey took him 6 weeks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there was a moment in this when you're like how long's he been on the road? And yeah. it's like 5 weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Once again, thank you for avoiding throwing in any like we had enough drama when he's on the steep hill. Yes. That's enough drama. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs)
3: With the with the house on on fire,
1: on the with the house on fire, it's such a (laughs) everything's really funny there. Uh, His uh, Alvin's lawnmower could do eight kilometers an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. It's almost like a Zen meditation practice, traveling that slowly. That's slower than walking. Yeah. Well, for everyone, uh, something that I didn't say is you know, he has bad eyesight and he Mm. he can't walk, and so, Mm. and he's not allowed to drive, so that's all he's allowed to do. Um, After the visit, his nephew. And uh, his brother's son drove him back to Iowa in his pickup truck. So thank goodness he didn't have to make the trip by himself. Uh, his brother, whose real name is Henry, I found. I wonder why they changed yeah, it to Lyle. Right. But anyway, maybe Henry didn't give permission for mm. his name to be used. But mm. um, uh, Henry recovered from his stroke and moved back to Iowa to be closer to Alvin and the rest of the family. Oh, so that's a nice body. That's a nice turnaround. Uh, the movie was shot in chronological order in the autumn of 1998. You know that blew my mind as a kid that movies weren't shot in chronological order like I just could not I was like what? Crazy right? Like what do you mean? Like when like what you you filmed Indiana Jones on a boat and then you had the fucking rock chase (laughs) him like what are you talking
3: about? Especially when you hear these like grand acting moments where it's like oh our first day was the breakup scene or whatever yeah it's like what? Really? Wow uh, It's intense Our
1: first first day of acting we were having rampant sex (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're going okay great (laughs) That's why you're all insane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, the movie was also shot along the actual route taken by Alvin Strait. Mm. Uh, Alvin hated the media attention and turned down offers to appear on the various talk shows like Jay Leno and David Letterman. Uh, Alvin atta- of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, Alvin attempted uh, another drive on a riding lawnmower to Sun Valley in 1995. But had to turn back because of cold weather. Mm. He died of a heart ailment at seventy-six. A lawnmower, like the one he used on his journey, accompanied his funeral procession. Oh, um, oh yeah! By the way, uh, Angelo Badalamenti's music—so beautiful, beautiful, so beautiful—like some of his best work. Bam, ba-ba-bam, ba-ba-bam.
2: Oh. yeah.
3: The
1: cinematography, yeah. The music—it's a, a beautiful. It's a really beautiful film. <laughs> like brilliant. I really needed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And just, and, 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 you know, I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but just such a, such a testament to Lynch's diversity. Yeah. You know, it is really easy to just kind of focus in on tropes of directors. And, yes. But, you know, like now that we've watched them, you know, all but two in order. Yeah. There is a real variability to them. You yeah. Know, they're, 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 there's signifiers that show up. Yep. Um, but that's the same in Kubrick. It's the same yep. in any, any. Yeah. There's nothing wrong know, with that. No.
1: No. Um, weirdly, the, the the those audio <laughs> noises that, t- like, you know, how do you marry uh, the straight story with Dune? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richard Farnsworth won the 1999 New York Film Critics Circle Award for Best Actor. Mm. He was also nominated for a Best Actor at the Oscars and is the second oldest person nominated at 79. Uh, Anthony Hopkins at 83 in last year's Oscars is now the oldest. Right. So... And then (laughs) Farnsworth was terminally ill during production with prostate cancer that had spread to his bones. The paralysis of his legs we see in the film is real. Wow, really? He took the role out of admiration for Alvin Strait and he died by suicide the following year at the age of 80.
3: Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it was like a self-imposed euthanasia. Yeah,
1: that's what I was kind of getting the impression of as well. Wow. Yeah, so sorry to finish on no, a, like, but it. Like, I don't mean it to finish on like I'd, a downer, but it kind of feel, felt when I was putting all these good bits together, I was like, fuck, do I lead with that? Or but that to it, me is not a downer. Maybe it's, that's a reflection
3: of me, but that to me is like that's a man taking his fucking destiny in his own hands. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like
1: I weirdly saw it as something positive as I well. Do. So that's why, you know, but... Just also sad, but also beautiful. What a fucking great movie! Great movie! (laughs) Like, it just, it was. (laughs) I nearly texted you halfway through it, but I didn't know. Yeah. You know, you don't want to. Like, you know, you want this. But I knew. knew. You want this recording reaction to be true. But halfway through, I was just like, oh, thank goodness for this film, because I've just been banging on about Dr. Whatevs and his (laughs) fucking prostate (laughs) of multiverse cancer. (laughs) And, uh,. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I. Th- it was one of those ones
3: halfway through. I was like, oh, I, I know we're simpatico on this. Yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah. be a very weird fucking day. If you're like, yeah, that was a shit one.
1: Get on with it, mate. <laughs> fucking like if, I've, if I'd made this film, I would have fucking souped up that lawnmower. I would have put him on a Harley. <laughs> yeah, I would have had the lawnmower transform into a talking robot. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. And uh, I guess next time we're returning back to hell. And we go straight into <laughs> Mulholland Drive. So this has been a little uh, palate cleanser.
3: Yep. This is the scene in The Matrix Revolutions where they burst up above the clouds yeah, and look at yeah, the sun so for I, a oh, brief minute nice. before diving back into the yeah. machine war. Yeah,
1: but, uh, remember before you leave to grab your yeah, hazmat suit before you rewatch watch Mulholland Drive. As always, thank you to Benjamin for joining me to discuss this gorgeous movie. And uh, the next David Lynch film is the penultimate movie on our list, and it is Mulholland Drive. We've already recorded that one, and you have a double podcast to look forward to. So that will be the next one up in the David Lynch series. Uh, Thank you to our Patreon supporter of the podcast, Martin. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. Uh, If you'd like to join the Big Squid community and have access to bonus podcasts, scripts, and all manner of goodies, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid and you'll find a tier that suits you. A top review on Apple Podcasts is also a really great way to support us, especially when I know how tight money is at this point in the year. You know, Uh, inflation is everywhere, isn't it? I spend $143 on groceries, and I live by myself and do not eat meat. Anyway... What a boring way to finish the podcast, telling you how much my groceries cost for the week. (laughs) I'll be back later in the week. Uh, Don't forget, if you want some extra, uh, you know, stuff to read, you can read my blog, Dispatches from the Fury Road, uh, and uh, the uh, podcast that we did of uh, Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted, King Hamster. You can read that. So, you can either listen to it, or you can read it, or... If you want to get really crazy, you can read it and listen to it at the same time. I I don't know if you'd want to do that, but you can. So that's over at BigSquidPod.com if you want to go and check that out as well. Let's finish with a quote from the lovely Richard Farnsworth about working on the straight story. Richard said, But I don't really care for directors flaring up and trying to humble some actor, which they would do to try and make an example out of them so everybody would stay on the ball. And David wasn't anything like that. Oh, Richard, Richard, Richard. What a beautiful man. Until then.